Welcome back, Wandies, to the official Gun and One podcast. Today's guest is another star, JJ Cube, who plays Muriel, a powerful wizard, and perhaps a new romantic interest for our anti-hero, Pinky Black. A flat hat and no magical powers. You cut a strange figure, Lord Black. I must admit, I've never been so intrigued by a man who didn't have a wand. I'm not going to lie, we really got into it this episode, didn't we, Caroline? Yes. We got deep behind the scenes, deep into acting, and it got kind of emotional as well. Yes. Let's step into it. Today, we have actor, activist, TikTok sensation, JJ Cube, who plays Muriel in Gun and Wand, uh, the eldest daughter of the hiking wizard Moonbeam, who's played by Jeremy Irons. JJ, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. So happy to be here, Alfie. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Tell me about your character. What was it like playing a wizard? Well, I'm glad that you said that because I insisted that my character would be referred to as a wizard because even though it's a magical world, I believe that we can really make things a bit fairer and a bit more equal for the wizards and witches of the future. There will be no more witch hunts as far as as long as I as long as I'm there because I was a wizard and you can't have a wizard hunt. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, it wouldn't it, there's no such thing as there. No. And my character, she is magic, but she's also, you know, she's also real and she's also raw. And I think that being magic is probably the least interesting thing about her. She loves to cook. Do you know, would you know that? Not until I told you. So when you you first read the script, what drew you to Muriel? Um, Probably her name. I had a lovely cat called Muriel when I was growing up. Did kill itself, but... I always, I always loved her old girl, you know. She Your cat was, killed herself? Yeah. Jumped, in, jumped out of the top floor window. Three times, actually. Um, so I really think that the cat had attachment issues, which I now understand and respect, having been through therapy. But the loss of Muriel, it really... When I saw this script handed on my desk, um, and I saw the name Muriel, I knew I had to do it. I had a cosmic connection. And I accepted straight away, without reading any of the actual story. You didn't read the script at all? No, which was really, it was fun. It was like diving in, diving into the unknown um, and learning every day, finding out what was happening every day. That's like the opposite of method. Yes, exactly. It's like... like Unmethod. Methodless. Yes, methodless, methodless. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that I, I have to use what I have at my disposal, which I guess is you could say my youth. You could say it's my beauty. And I wanted to treat every day like a new playground that I could enter and play with. Play with the colours, find the colours in it. We're here to have fun and we're here to share a story. I don't see why that has to be such a dreary old fuddy-duddy thing. Mm. And how important is it to you that she's a strong woman? It's really important. Is there anything more important than a strong woman? I don't think so. No. This is the first show, really, that is saying... Women can be wizards too. Maybe a woman should rule this kingdom. Maybe it should be me. I believe it is so important that women's voices be amplified. One thing that was really key for my character growth and development um, was having a team of supportive women around me. 
And so I insisted that all of my costume designers and my makeup and hair designers, they were all women. And one thing that I also insisted upon was that my body double actually be a man. Mm. Because I wanted a man to know what it feels like to be in a woman's shadow. Mm. It doesn't always have to be a strong woman behind a man. Sometimes it can be a very small man behind a strong woman, which was wonderful. And we've become really close friends. What's his name? Brad. Brad. Yes, Brad. He's 47 and he's incredible at hand-to-hand combat. And he was really able to teach me a lot. And I think that I was able to teach him a lot. What did you teach Brad? Well, I taught him how to follow a strong woman and I taught him how to use TikTok and I taught him how to braid my hair when we got bored in between scenes. What did you think of your costumes? They were very vintage. Mm. They were retro. And I did have a chat with the costume team because I thought for my character, Muriel, that it would be really cool if she had a sort of a Y2K influence, um, sort of a la Paris Hilton. But they wouldn't really listen to me. They said that a wizard wouldn't have knowledge of the Y2K trends going on right now, which was difficult for me to hear, but I also accepted it and I grew from that experience. And so then, yeah, I guess I just had like a bunch of um, like long dresses and stuff. Now, obviously, with my very, very long nails, um, it was sometimes difficult to be able to pull the corset strings. But that's where Brad just came in. So handy. He had lovely little nimble fingers. He could reach around anything. It's very useful. I think he used to be a professional pickpocket, um, which is what makes him such an effective body double and friend. Somebody that's sneaky, somebody that knows how to get in corners, somebody that knows how to work his way around a crevice. And he certainly knew how to work his way around a corset too. He is a phenomenal human being and friend. Oh, Brad sounds great. Yeah. What was it like on set, you know, shooting with the other stars? It was, it was really fun. Um, it, was, it was also very difficult and unenjoyable, but in a really good way. How was it good? It was good because um, I did get to wear lots of really nice dresses. Um, And I loved working with um, Jeremy, uh, Mm. who played my dad. Um, Huge fan of him in The Lion King. It was was really great to be able to foster a a new relationship. You know, I think that I can be very um, supportive of, of older men. You know. how can how are you supportive of older men well you know sometimes they need that that young female touch that validation um because obviously they are kind of gross mm. and disgusting so it's really nice for me to be able to come into an environment and be like no you still got it you, you've still got something there's something there that's mm. not worth and i think that he really he really appreciated my energy on set and you mentioned there were difficulties mm-hmm. on set what what were they Something that was actually quite difficult that happened, but I feel like I learned a lot from, was um, my first day of filming, um, Jeremy Irons' character, who's my father, Mm -hmm. Scar. The Hanking King Wizard Moonbeam. Yes, him. He was actually in a scene with Harry and myself, and then they didn't tell me, but he got shot in the face. And I was not told by the showrunner or the other actors that there was actually going to be a death in this scene. Um, They wanted a sort of Silence of the Lambs style reaction, a la Jodie Foster. um, Where they didn't tell her. Where they didn't tell her. They didn't tell her the Buffalo Bill was going to pop out in the dark because um, it's something quite beautiful to see a real human um, scream scream and and fall down and and be very upset. 
which is something that I don't really experience normally in my normal life because I'm very, I have a lot of really nice things and clothes and people and friends who like me. So the only people screaming are your fans. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's normally a positive thing. Um, I didn't realize that they actually had the camera on me, a close up, a big zoom. Um, it's a technical term for when they go in close Mm -hmm. on the camera. And I was shocked. I mean, I feel like that's a bit of an understatement, but I was really shocked. I was very scared. I did start crying. Um, I think I threw up a little bit in my mouth, but it didn't come out. I didn't see that. Yeah, no, but they, they, they liked, they they liked the real rawness of Mm. that moment. I read somewhere that you have a father in real life. Yeah. Was it difficult depicting grief at the High King Wizard's funeral after your father, Jeremy Irons, was shot in the face with that in mind? Well, yes, yes. I imagine what it would be like if my own father was shot in the face. Uh, My father, um, who's actually also called Jeremy, he features in a lot of my TikTok content. And I tried to imagine a scenario where... We're doing a TikTok. Um, it's one of the viral dances. It's to an Ariana Grande song, but it's a remix. It's a remix with an old 80s jazz track. And it's a really beautiful sound and everything's going great. And we're doing we're doing like a flip. And then somebody shoots my dad in the face. And I try to imagine, what would that be like? So sad, mm. right? Like so sad. Mm. And that really, I was like, whoa. I was like, oh my God. God, that would be so sad. If he was shot in the face during yeah. a flip. Yeah. If he was shot in the face during a flip, it would ruin the flip. And it would be a it would be a very viral video. So like there are always gonna be positives. But I was like, God, that would be so sad. And then also when I was in the scene, because Jeremy is so close to my heart as as Scar in The Lion King, I remember that scene where Mufasa falls down into the wildebeests and um Simba. Simba crawls under his arm. And I thought about that. And it was amazing because it produced this reaction of me where I became a cat. Like Muriel. Like Muriel, my cat. I imagine what it would be like to be Muriel in her last moments. And so I started crawling around. Everyone really enabled it on set. It was wonderful. But I started crawling around on the floor. And meowing like this. Meow. Like a sad meow. Because you Mm. know when you can tell when a cat's sad because their meow gets really weird. Yeah, they get a weird meow. And um, I started pawing around and grabbing at people's clothes. And then they they put a saucer of milk out for me and I really, I drank from it. And it was like drinking the blood of my father. So that was, it was incredibly emotional. Like, like I I don't think I really felt sad ever until Mm. then. So, wow. Can we, can we get a tissue for... Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Thank you. It has to be... It has to have aloe vera on it. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Oh, God. That really was... That was painful. It was painful. But I really feel like Muriel is living on through me now. The, that, the cat or the wizard? Yeah. The, both. 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 Yeah. Your character and Pinky Black have this burgeoning romance. What was that like to, to play on screen? It was challenging, I would say. I've never played a romantic lead before. And um, to be around someone and have to share that space, 
to be able to create that love story. It was it was difficult, um, especially since Harry has such a unique working style where he becomes quite um, focused and aggressive. Kissing scenes, they're not romantic in the way that you probably think when you're watching because mm. it seems so romantic. But it's just, it's, it's, it's all movie magic. You have to accept that you, you, you might hate this person. You might be physically re repulsed by them, but you still have to kiss them. And um, my sister, in fact, my older sister, Bessie, she worked as intima intimacy coordinator on the set, which was wonderful. It's so nice to have family around and supporting you. And she's always had a bit of a thing for Harry. So what she would do often to sort of show us how we were supposed to do the kissing is she would step in and she really went to town, you know, cause she hasn't had a lot of action in a while. Cause she, you know, she doesn't look after herself very well. She doesn't look great, but she had so much fun kissing Harry. And it meant, it made my job a little bit easier cause he was basically worn out by the time it got around to me, mm. which was a relief. What's the story of you getting the role? What was your audition like? In it? Oh, it's very unconventional and unusual and special, I guess. Like you could say, my life is really in a nutshell. But I was doing, I think the video that caught their attention the most was a viral dance routine that I was doing with my mum. And we were both dressed up as um, judges. So with the wig and with the robes, but sort of like a sexy judge. And this was something that she was initially uncomfortable about doing, given her, her former job when she was in the cabinet. But I was able to make her realize that this was actually a feminist statement that we were making about the lawmakers in this country mm. needing to be more female oriented. And being in bikinis and dancing around um, with the judge's wig on is actually a way of making a huge political statement, isn't it? And they, they found this video and they realized that I am the feminist equivalent of a judge. I'm a feminist judge, you know, a bit like Tyra Banks. And they wanted that kind of an energy in their show. So I was headhunted and then I had a video audition with the producers. And I think it was a bit of a tight race between me and Elle Fanning, I will admit. Like, I'm sure that Elle's probably a little embarrassed that she didn't get it. But at the same time, she's a bit too frumpy for the role. And they needed somebody kind of a bit more vivacious. Um, and we're, we're great friends now, so it's all good. But they, they, they picked me and they also knew that I have an incredible reach with young people. I have 5.3 million followers on TikTok. And um, I think that they needed to know that there was a portal ah. into, um, into young people's minds. And how do you find interacting with Wandies? the fans of the show on the street. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. It's so wonderful to see the incredibly dedicated fan base that we have for the show already. The reverence that these mm. um, lovely fans have for the characters in our magical world. It's beautiful to see. I understand why they connect with the story so much. I understand why they connect with Muriel so much. And yes, the people are kind of geeky, if I can say that term. But I think what I really like about that is that these people, they need something that they can enjoy in their lives. And I'm really glad that I can give that to them. And mm. and so I love them and I'm scared of them. Your character casts a lot of powerful spells. What's your favourite? <laughs> there was a spell that I used in episode three, which is able to turn a man's head inside out and shut his mouth. So it shut um, when any man um, silences a woman which my character really had an issue against. Like she was against that. Mm. And the spell was Thoggle Me Wobble Shrimp. And it was, it was quite difficult to master that uh, phrase. Thoggle Me Wobble Shrimp. Thoggle, thoggle being the word for throat. Mm. Wobble, 
being the word for mouth. Schwabbelschant. And being... did Dr. Brian Spleen taught you this? Yes. Oh, mm. Dr. Spleen, what can I say? That man needs no words. Probably because he's a man of words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was able to help me understand the language and utilize it. So that was my favorite spell. Welcome to Throbbles, right? So, JJ, we end every interview with the same sign off, uh, the magic words. Arandox Bolako. Arandox Bolako. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. As we end, I would love to shed some light. Oh, yes, yes. And um, promote and bring awareness to the charity that I actually oh, am yeah, ambassador for. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Because um, as you know, I have a skincare brand, JJ Skin, and we cater for women and people of of all shapes and sizes and most races. Um, mm. And we aim to make women and people feel beautiful on the inside, but mostly on the outside, which is, you know, so important. And 30% of our profits go to people in need who are so affected. Yeah. And just ugh, having such an awful time you know it's just a really important issue it's so close to my heart and i always as i with all the different jobs that i do i also think you have to give back and you have to help because otherwise what have we got and i think that's really important so thank you thank you thank you thank you you're welcome If you have been affected by any issues raised in this episode, you can contact the British Society for Cat Mental Health on cat.suicide at yahoo.co.uk. 